Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. Well, vacation is over and it's back to the grind for Russ Allen Life Living Good. He's back in Huntington, West Virginia, and we're ready to push forward with another episode of the Thundercast. It's a pretty busy week. We had a lot going on. There's not much left on the athletic fields of play per se, but there is still a lot of news going on and we're going to get to all of it. But first, let's get us a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. You can't stop a bad driver from crashing into you and making you a victim. But when you're hurt and you try to deal with the insurance companies alone, you set yourself up to be a victim again. Don't be a victim twice. Jason and Matt can't protect you from bad drivers, but they can protect you from the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Russ, I know it's kind of good to be back in Huntington, as it's always good to be back in Huntington, but it's kind of relative to where you're coming from to be back. And uh, I know it's uh, always rough to leave that ideal vacation spot and all the ease and stress-free living that comes along with that, so... Welcome back to Huntington and back to the grind, my man. Yeah. I don't know if this beats swimming with dolphins, but <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> well, seeing as you're back, and we might as well, since you're here, how about you give me five things every herd fan needs to know this week? How about I give you that and more? I've got a little bit of a bonus, but uh, let's get right to them. Here are the five plus more things every herd fan needs to know this week as usual sponsored by ignite link the tri-state's premier it management team number one big news it broke right after uh, we had recorded last week but uh, randy moss is nominated now for the college football hall of fame officially nominated and we learned a little bit about that process uh, when we had the interview with athletic director Christian Spears uh, with the through the Thunder Trust for the 1837 NIL Honors Club. And mm-hmm. he mentioned that in order to be nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame, that nomination has to come from the institution in which you played. So Marshall had to be the could be the only entity to officially nominate Randy. And it was mind boggling to you and I when we learned that and Christian as well, that that had just never happened before. And if there's ever been a slam dunk candidate for the Hall of Fame, it's got to be Randy Moss. So this is big news. Uh, We even alluded to it a little bit. And, you know, we we talked about like, hey, so if he gets in, does that mean we'll see the 88 up on the facade of the Joan? And he was like, most definitely. So Mm -hmm. this is big news all the way around. This is if, if ever there was a thing that was way past due, this is that thing that's way past due. It was, and I've got a little bit of uh, insider information uh, about, uh, you know, we both said, how was this not done before? 
Well, they tried. They tried to do it before. Uh, I haven't even talked to you about this. Um, just learned it this week. But they had attempted to do it. But there are some things that had to be done and some deadlines were missed. And some of it was the athlete themselves have stuff to fill out, you sure. know, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for Randy, even though he called me dog once in college, he and I aren't that tight, but, uh, you know, he has a very, very busy career, uh, you know, broadcasting and all the different stuff that he, he does, but there was an attempt to do this before you have to be out of school for a certain number of years of, I'm not mistaken. It's 10. Yeah, I think it's 10. so, so it would have had to have been from 2007 on. So, uh, you know, uh, 2007 to 2023, 16 years, but three different times, as I understand it, they were attempting to get this done and it just had not been done. And now it has. Yeah. Well, that's good to know that it wasn't just Marshall kind of sitting on their hands and not making yeah. it happen. Things get, things get busy. Right. And and if you're a guy with an, uh, a busy schedule, like, Randy Moss, surely things get lost in the mail and deadlines get missed for something like that. Uh, but nonetheless, it, it looks like it's all coming together now that the uh, nomination was officially submitted and accepted. And I think here relatively shortly, you'll start seeing uh, the the ballots or the list yeah. of candidates come, nominate, nominees come out. Mm-hmm. So the process is going to get exciting. So we'll start to see our social media pages plastered with number 88 again, more so than they already are. And that never gets old to me, man. I right. don't know. Yeah. I talk about it all the time, man. I'm that I'm the nerd that goes back to YouTube and watches all the highlights. I can never get enough of it. And it's going to be really cool to finally see uh, Gunnar Gatsky get a companion up on the facade when that 88 finally gets hung on the Joan. That is going to be a really cool moment. That's going to be a game that you would like to think is going to be a hot ticket for whenever that happens. That's yeah. going to be really cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, and going back and watching those highlights, I know it just takes you back, but we were here in school during that time (laughs) and getting to witness this. You know, I came up uh, several games. I can't remember the number now uh, during Moss's first season and watched all of them on on TV, including that that playoff run uh, for the national championship. But just man amongst boys does not even – it doesn't do it justice. It's got to be Hall of Famer amongst children is what it looked like. Uh, you know, he would slow down because he could, you know, and they still couldn't catch him. And yeah. he would just hit that other gear. But it's not just the speed, you know, it was the hands. It was the leaping ability, the body control, the things that you saw in high school, going yeah. to high school with him. Yeah. He was doing what you would see right now, college athletes hoping to do while he was in high school, you know, with body control routes, all that. He was just freaking nature. The thing to me was always the folks that would go, well, he did it in high school. Let's see him do it in college. Well, he did it in college, but they were in one double a let's see how they do it when they're in the FBS or the, uh, what a one, one, a, well, you know, he was just in the Mac. Let's see what he does when he's in the NFL. And then you torch, the who's who for a decade in the NFL and you turn in what is arguably a top two wide receiver career. And I'll leave that up to most folks to say who one and two is, but uh, turns into be a hall of famer, a pro football hall of famer, first ballot hall of famer. Like you can't question it anymore. And just to, just to be able to watch go back and watch it with an M on the side of the helmet. That's so cool to me, man. It's, it's yeah. just really, really cool. 
Uh, I'm I'm excited for that whole process. I just feel like this is long overdue, and I'm glad that it's it's finally finally happening. Uh, and we'll have, like I said, another number up on the facade of the gym. Yeah. All right. We could talk about Randy for. An I hour. could. Yeah. I could make the whole but, episode about this if you yeah. wanted to. But uh, but we're not gonna. Uh, we're gonna go on to number two, and Jeff Small is out as track coach after 28 years. Yep, and I've seen there was some speculation a couple days ago, and then yesterday I saw some posts around there, like on Instagram and stuff. From uh, I don't know if it was Herd Zone or the Herd Track and Field, but it it said he's retiring after yeah. 28 years. So. Um, Yes, he is out as coach, but this is retirement, according to those posts. Uh, and after, what a way to go, right? Uh, reemergence brought back the men's track team this year and had a really good year. We placed some on the all SBC teams. Uh, Arm Brewster went to the, uh, you know, the NCAA regionals. It's really good. Macy Majoy won a couple of golds in the pole vault, and uh, Micah Lane got herself a gold. It was it was a good season for the track and field teams at Marshall. But I mentioned this before. There's a lot of momentum here, mm-hmm. which makes the hire, I would think, fairly critical because you don't want to lose that momentum. You want to be able to push that forward a little bit more and continue to make strides in, strides in the Sun Belt. And I don't, I don't know if they're going with an outside hire. I, I have no idea. Will they make uh, Caleb Bowen the head track and field coach along with cross country and then bring in let him fill out a pool of assistance or you know what do you do here but i would i would i'm hoping that we whoever that person is we get someone that can continue the the rise of this herd track and field program because it was pretty fun to see this year pretty fun to follow this year yeah so i don't i don't know that i would label this a hot take but uh here's my take on this because uh you know, I mean, if you're on social media, you're going to see some of these posts. There's former athletes saying of, of smalls that saying, you know, this is BS. Uh, I can't believe that they got rid of him, that sort of thing. There's uh, other people that was like, well, he's been here for 28 years. And, you know, sometimes it's just time for a change of scenery, that sort of thing. Um, there's people speculating. I mean, obviously, the official thing is saying enjoy retirement. Right. You know. So uh, people are saying, well, it's, it's not retirement. He was forced out. Here's my take. It could be both. It can right? be both. So, you know, contracts are generally not a year-to-year thing. They want to get somebody in there for a couple of years. Uh, you want to do that mostly for recruitment and stuff anyway, you know. So it could have been, and purely speculation here, but it could have been that he would have liked to have gone a year and then retired and they could have said, Hey, you know, we don't want to do that. We're looking at getting somebody in here to get some recruits, you know, whatever we want to get three years, five years, whatever it might be. Um, sometimes these things just happen and you can't come up with a, uh, an agreement, I guess, you know, uh, some kind of thing that a compromise where you say, Hey, let's do three years. You know, we're trying to get, he might not have wanted to do two years or three years. He might've had a plan and it didn't line up. Whatever it is, coach small was here for a long time. He was a very storied and well-respected person to run this program. Tremendous asset while we had him here. He's not here now. And we're moving forward with whoever that we hire and that's it. You know, 
I just reading, and some of these were people that you and I know uh, that made the posts and everything as former track athletes. And the respect that they have for Jeff Small says a lot because no one, I mean, th- these were people that uh, had him down in South Carolina. They were people that had him here and they were making posts was like, hey, I owe so much about not just my time as an athlete, but my time as a growth as a human being, mm-hmm. you know. So great asset that we're losing in Jeff Small. Wish him the best. Yeah. 28 years is a long time, right? Long so time. Yeah. you're a storied coach, you're an accomplished coach, and you would expect that your athletes come to bat for you when it's time to, when these sort of changes start to pop up. And yeah, I saw that his contract was up and Marshall chose not to renew it. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, that goes into it. Maybe it was a good timing. You're like, well, we're not, we don't want to renew it. You're going to retire. Maybe it's like you said, but it would alarm me more if these announcements are made and his former athletes didn't go to bat for him. Right. right. But you're right. It's, it's now they a dawn of a new coaching era for her track and field. We don't know who the head coach is going to be, but like I said before, I feel like it's pretty important to make a fairly aggressive hire to attack this program and build on the momentum that was put back in place from a men's track and field standpoint this year. Yeah. and continue the momentum that's been building for several years with the women's track and field programs. So they they outpaced the men this year, right? They won some individual championships. The men did not, but bringing the right coach, coaching staff that can recruit the right kids, come in and compete. We could see more of those championships, both team and individual, in larger numbers in the, in the coming years. And I think that's kind of what you have to do, right? And – you know, you can cheer on the new regime that comes in as the, the coach and not be disrespecting what Small did over 28 years. You know, you can you can wish that he would have been here three or four more years. Uh, and we're, we're all herd supporters. We just need to stop bickering, which I've seen some people do, uh, and just, hey, it is what it is. We've got somebody new coming in. We need to support this uh track and field team because every team in the Sun Belt that we're fielding it feels like we have elevated from last year and and that even if it was around the same or slightly lower it just feels like the future is that much more bright because of the conference that we're in and the competition that we're playing so onward and upward man I'm I'm here for it yeah, this is look, this is no different than folks that wanted Doc to stick around for a couple yep. more years when we hired Huff. There's no different that folks that are clamoring for Dan to have retired when he was yep. extended. It's the same thing, different sport. So either yep. you're with the herd or you're not with the herd. And we choose to be with the herd, right? Because yep. I, I like to leave these decisions up to folks that are far more in tune with them than I am. It's much easier for me to just root for the herd. So that's what I choose to do. How many different coaches have we seen that are, are gone uh, that we loved since yeah. we became herd fans? And right. it's going to be, we're still going to be here when all these coaches are gone. You know, if they retire, or they uh, get fired, or if they decide to go sign with someone else, you know, whatever the case may be, we're still going to be here because we're herd fans. So we're going to be supporting the teams. Yeah, so. that's right. But congratulations on 28 years. Best of yeah. luck in retirement. Thank you for everything. Coach Small, that you did to elevate herd track and field over the last nearly three decades. Yeah. 
All right, number three, the uh, SBC football championship may be televised on ABC this year. Yeah, that's a big deal. I don't know if folks are really grasping how huge that could be. When you talk about marquee, marquee time slots, it's ABC over ESPN to me, Mm -hmm. to me. And it's either or. It's ESPN or ABC. So it's going to be on one of the two. Right. Right. It just depends. And I think they're leaving up that flexibility to probably come down to see who the more marquee matchup is between the American and the Sunbelt. So if if we have a killer matchup in the SBC championship game, you can bet your butt. We're probably going to be on that 4 p.m. slot at on eight on ABC. And boy, oh boy, the exposure is going to be huge for that. That is big time news. Huge news. Another not what I would consider a hot take on this is I feel like there are certain teams that if they make it, they're just more marketable because of fan viewership or, yeah. you know, how their brand is or whatever. And, right. and I, I would put Marshall up there, but we're by no means the only team in the East that that would fall to. And, uh, you know, there are plenty in the West as well. So I mean no disrespect to anybody, but I mean, that's just the way it is. Some people or teams get more viewership and eyes and they have a more marketable national brand or, or whatever. So if the two team matchup, not just because of record or whatever in the Sunbelt is more attractive, i.e. eyes glued to that television set, than whatever's coming out of the AAC, then I feel like we'll get the, the nod over them on the ABC uh, versus ESPN scenario. Yeah, I do. I'm with you. And you're right, there are a handful of teams that you can just make a knee-jerk assumption with as far as the East. You know what the story surrounds Marshall, and we're biased to that, and we travel well, and we we show out, and all that kind of stuff, right? But there's also great stories like App State is a darling yeah. Yeah. of game day, you know? So yeah. they, they know they will show out and be big. And, yeah. and then let's say Grayson McCall has a killer year, and he's yeah. staring down the barrel of four straight Sunbelt conference player of the year honors that's a storyline that people are going to want to tune in to see culminate one way or the other and then you can make a case for some of the other teams as well but if troy is a repeat heading into the conference championship game looking to be a repeat champion all that kind of stuff if south alabama is a 12 win team or an 11 win team moving so there are a handful of these matchups that if they come down one way or another you might have two or three in the east and two or three in the west and if things play out a certain way you could be looking at a a top twenty five matchup in the Sunbelt Conference sure, Championship. Sure well could be, yeah. And, and you look over in the AAC, and they have a few teams also, but I think some of their more marquee teams are going to devour each other in one or the other of their divisions. So we're going to do the same thing, right? The Sunbelt's going to do the same thing, but we have a, a a fairly balanced top in each division. I think, yeah. To where two or three of those teams in each division. If they run the table, have a great year, they could help push that viewership on ABC. But I don't care, man. That is that's just so big that I want it to happen. I want to be able to watch Marshall play for a conference championship, preferably at Jones C. Edwards Stadium on ABC. That would be absolutely killer. Yeah, and I've got uh, down here thing number three point five that Conference USA. It could either go on Speedway or Exxon. So. Oh, that, well, that's all, yeah, they, that's also big for their championship. Game. Wow. I mean, I guess that uh, <laughs> the Liberty versus Jacksonville State matchup or the uh, Sam Houston State versus 
whoever state matchup, it's going to be highly contested. Uh, hope you don't need gas that day. Yeah, cre- crediting Judy with getting that done. Good job, <laughs> Judy. All right, let's move on to uh, our next thing. Number four is uh, John Elmore and James Kelly are both back with Heard That for the TBT, uh, the basketball tournament. And uh, the team will be coached this year by Ott Elmore. And the legend is going to patrol the sidelines. I tell you what, this Heard That team is going to have some serious Heard flavor, as you would expect, right, as you would expect, but also – they announced last week that uh, Jared West has also signed on yeah. to play. So yeah. you get the Bulldog back on the from a defensive standpoint uh, and John back there and now uh, James Kelly. It would surprise me if you didn't see a, a few other uh, familiar names because we've seen guys in the past playing for her that. Ryan Taylor's played in the past. Stevie Browning's played in the past. Uh, and some other guys, and some other yeah. guys. Rondell Watson, I think, has played a couple of times with him. But look, man, if you get a few other big players, I mean, there, there's kind of a rumor, an unofficial rumor swirling that they that Whiteside may or may not be in the mix. That would be pretty astounding to me. Yeah. Uh, if they could get Pinova back, of course, he's overseas playing right now. But if they could get Pinova back to be a part of that team, that would be awesome. I mean, think about that, man. And of course. Anything we can do here on the Thundercast to put support and a spotlight on that team, we want to do because they're a they're fun to watch. B they win, but C this is herd alums by and large that are looking to make some noise on a big stage for a big prize. So I, I fully get into uh, the tournament every year when those guys are playing. I tune in to watch their games, and uh, I love. I love the fact that Odd Elmore is going to be coaching. But I made the tweet like if this man has a tearaway suit with a uniform yeah. underneath and comes in and starts, you know, scorching the net, it'll, it will break the internet. And <laughs> if that happens, I truly believe it would definitely break the internet. I just hope there's some kind of scenario with the rules where uh, they could have it uh, to where no one realizes it. And we only put four out for an inbounds play. And then he just runs in suit and all has a number on the back and just gets one from the hash line, you know, Um, also zero disrespect meant to uh, Jared West. I was on vacation while I was making these notes and I just forgot to go back and put, because originally it was just that John Elmore was coming back. And that Ott was going to be the coach. And I went back and amended it when James Kelly was announced, but I just forgot to put Jared West yeah, on I don't there. think anybody sees that as disrespected. It's just one of those things that they announced and then, yeah. you know, it was kind of on to James Kelly just a couple of days later. So yeah. I just love that the herd flavor is is back in in a big way already. And they still got plenty of uh, announcements on signings to uh to get through. Yeah. All right, uh, our next thing, uh, the fifth thing, is Sierra DeBell from Volleyball signs with Maritza Plavdiv Volleyball Club in Bulgaria. Yeah, how about that? Pro herd, right? We, uh, we, we remember Sierra from dominating, basically, yeah. at Marshall. Every time we would do a volleyball breakdown in around the herd, it was always Sierra DeBell with this amazing stat line. So I'm glad to see her be able to continue her career overseas for a little bit and continue uh, playing volleyball, make a go out of it a little bit. That's what you like, man. You know, that's a huge recruiting tool when you can bring in people that, uh, or you can bring people in and say, Hey, look, we're sending players to the pro ranks to continue to play. 
That's what it's all about for a lot of these players. And if we can continue to do that, then it makes Ari's job a lot easier out there recruiting volleyball players, which, by the way, I saw that we got someone. They didn't I, announce I didn't, Yeah, I didn't see who. So yeah. hopefully at some point there will be an announcement, unless they're for some reason keeping it under wraps for a little while. But the volleyball team is continuing to grow. Well, some of these things, uh, until the ink is dry, they legally cannot say anything. So right. I'm assuming that's what it is, and we will see something in the coming days. Uh, all right. So we have a bonus thing here. Number six is uh, Marshall extends its licensing contract with CLC. Now, they've been with them for quite some time. I don't know how many years, but it seems like forever. And uh, that is extending officially. So CLC, you'll have to correct me. I'm sure you got the correct like name. It's, it's it's either like collegiate licensing company or college licensing company or something like that. But what they're doing is protecting our brand, right? And making sure that there's no uh, illegal usage of official logos and fonts and things like that. And, and also, if you want to obtain a license for merchandising prop, pro, merchandising purposes that's probably who you're going to have to go through to to do that so it it takes the headache of all that away from the athletic department and puts it into the hands of people that do that professionally and for a living and it's a great great move and something that uh, people may or may not realize is they are associated with or might even be a division of Learfield so that means, you know, we've been with Learfield, who was formerly IMG, mm -hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken. They just redid their name or merged or whatever. But uh, we've been with them for a long time. So this is not something new. We're not shifting gears. But uh, I did a little thing just going on CLC's website and not selecting a category, but selecting all brands or whatever for Marshall University. And they had 210 different licensees signed up that uh that they can you know say yes here's exactly what you can use and this sort of thing um i have seen it speculated i think it was in the article that it was an estimated five million dollars in revenue uh, mm -hmm. and i don't know if it was over the time of the contract or whatever it was but that's just the number that was thrown out and you and I, before we were recording, just had a brief conversation about what that may mean and pure speculation on my part. But the fees that these people pay, obviously, is part of that revenue. And uh, I would expect that them going out to negotiate on the behalf to collect these fees, there's value in that mm -hmm. uh, and the brand promotion of just going to, you know, if there's a an apparel place out there in California and they have so many people under this Learfield CLC and they just say, well, we just want to take everybody you have that you represent, you know, uh, send them all that. If we were doing that individually, we might not reach that apparel maker or right. sticker place. So I think that that's probably where some of that value comes in as well. Pure yeah, speculation. I, would, I would have to agree with that, but you know, I, while you're talking about the revenue generation, I keep thinking about the protection aspect of it because 100%, yeah. with the way that things are to anybody can make basically anything. Right. right. And, and you can throw it up for sale anywhere. Yeah. So it's nice to know that there are people out there actively policing and protecting mm -hmm. the brand 
And while I, that's not necessarily revenue generating, it is loss prevention. It's keeping right. you from losing, you know, money that you otherwise would have made. So that to me is is equally, if not a little bit more so valuable, because once you get watered down and you start getting pirated and I mean, you know, people want nice stuff, but they also want to make sure they're supporting the herd in doing yeah. so. Right. So this is just a great move. Like you said, it's not a new move. We're extending that relationship, but something that's probably not paid attention to by most folks, but is very vital to what we do from a branding standpoint and a merchandising standpoint and revenue generating, honestly. Yeah. So think about that. Not just next time you go to buy a T-shirt, but all that other stuff. Like what if you want a Marshall branded like grill set? You know, that's yeah. that's that kind of stuff. It's everything yeah. with an official logo on it is being protected by with this relationship with CLC. So uh, big ups to, to the uh, department, athletic department for extending that relationship. That to me is just one of those cool things that is, doesn't get a lot of flash. It's not a very sexy thing, but it's so important. I'm glad we did that. Final thing I'll say about that too, is uh, I have heard from some people that would know that uh, our branding of, uh, is going over a bit of an overhaul, not in the respect of getting new logos, but just uh, the sheet that we send to these places, uh, the website link that we send to these places, just making sure that our current uh, logo that we use is first and foremost on that list. So when they uh, go to do this, they people that, you know, they're, they're just somebody that's a button clicker and, right. and, in wherever uh, they could be in Sweden, whoever, you know, it doesn't matter. And they're not familiar with watching what we do on every different, uh, logoed sport. Uh, they just go, Oh, that's the first on the list. Obviously that's what they want on a hat. How many times do you see our logo being used? And it's the Brown Buffalo head over top of the M that I hate. hate and that logo. And, and it's the only difference I think to me is because it's got the Brown coloring and everything yeah. in it. Uh, because I love the outline tribal kind of look logo that is used for softball that has that Buffalo head. Yeah. Just the so, white, just the white background. Yeah. Well, it's not even a background. It's no it's, background with yeah. an outline, but yeah, yeah you're right. So, it looks so good. So much better. And when you tie that yeah. in with the M yeah, it's just the full color, you know, uh, true Buffalo. It just doesn't, Yeah, I don't know, man. So, you know, I think that over the next year, especially since we're renewing this, I feel like they'll send this out and say, hey, you know, just to make sure here's the current ones. We have the ability to take things from the vault and put them back up or take things and say, let's put them in the vault. And I think that that's what we're doing right now is making sure that we get the most attractive things that we can for apparel wise. I can tell you, man, anytime I want to get, like you mentioned, a grill set or whatever, if it's got that brown buffalo head on it i ain't buying it nope. i don't want it i've come across a couple of things that i kind of had to get just because but i mean i don't want them on my chairs i don't want them on anything and hopefully moving forward this will be a little bit better now i'm yeah. sure there's some people out there as we saw during those uh twitter logo contest uh things that was going on and you know we we're not fans of the buffalo but <laughs> there are people, their own man there are <laughs> people that are you know <laughs> to uh, each their own it's just that's just not part of my own so if you want those uh the silhouettes or the side uh profile three buffaloes and then have marshall written out 
uh, from that, and that's really what you want on your chair, good for you, man. It ain't for me. More power to you. <laughs> that uh, That's everything that we have this week for uh, the five plus one things every Herd fan needs to know this week. As usual, brought to you by Ignite Link. Well, that was a pretty good five things to get back in the swing of things. I'm going to do a quick um, – transition right before we go into around the herd and it kind of feeds right into around the herd because we're really about to hit football full speed right mm -hmm. we have we've seen things online where it's like Phil Steele's magazine is about to go into the final printing and all that kind of stuff which tells me it's almost time for position group breakdowns and there's still recruiting news getting out there and we're still seeing commitments coming in and out there so I've just got one or two little things, and we're going to go transition right into around the herd. Um, from a football standpoint, today we're having a camp at at her at at the at the Joan. They're they're having one of their summer prospect camps, so I would expect to see a, a myriad of offers come out of that camp. So if you're on the social media and you keep track of that sort of thing, just know that if you start seeing perhaps a flood of new offers coming out, that's probably why because there are campers in town. And our coaches are getting a firsthand view of their skill set and their measurables and all that kind of stuff. So you might see a new wave of herd prospects. Now, it doesn't mean they're 2023 prospects. Obviously, this is probably more so the 24 and 25 guys. But it's one thing to keep your eye on this week and in the coming weeks from the social media is a, a list of newer offers or brand new offers and secondly, I didn't talk to these guys about this, but I'm sure they would like you to know that it's coming. Uh, this is a great time if you haven't done it, Russ. I know you've done it. I've done it. Uh, if you're not a member of the Thunder Trust 1837 NIL Honors Club, now's a great time to click the links in the description below and get signed up because there's going to be a couple of uh, new uh, Inside Word on the Herd podcast coming out with some uh, marquee guests that folks are going to want to hear from. Trust me on this. I'm not going to say who they are because I didn't ask if they wanted me to talk about it, but there are a few more episodes now prepared. I don't know when exactly they're going to drop, but just as we talked with thing number one about Randy Moss being nominated for the uh, College Football Hall of Fame, we talked about that, Russ, how many weeks ago with Christian Spears? April the 21st. See, so that long ago, shortly thereafter, when they put the episode out, if you were a member of the 1837 NIL, NIL Honors Club, you would have known that was going to happen. So there is value in the information here. That was several weeks ahead of time that those listeners knew that was going to happen and learned about the process behind that. So some of these other guests that are going to be coming up on these next couple of shows are going to have some information for you and just things you're going to want to hear. Just stuff you're going to want to know. And uh, if you haven't signed up or you're still on the fence, click the link. Join the NIO Honors Club, support the herd, and get a little bit of inside info from the folks that really have the inside info. Now, Russ, if you got anything to say about that, let's take it around the herd. No, let's just go ahead and take it around the herd. And we're going to start off with uh, those five athletes that made it to the NCAA regionals for our track and field team. And uh, we didn't get anyone that went on, uh, mm -hmm. but just making it to those regionals, I think, was huge uh, for those. We had talked about uh, Brad Armbruster uh, last 
time we recorded because he had just ran earlier that day, I think it was, or maybe the night before when we recorded. So we had his results and everything. But those other four uh, that had it, and I do not have that up in front of me if you have it, but uh, just to talk about having those representatives, we mentioned it earlier uh, for Jeff Small's track and field team, uh, huge and a good way to end the year. Yeah. Just getting there is the first of many steps that it's going to take to compete at a really high level. I mean, when you think about competing in track and field amongst every NCAA athlete, you're talking about future Olympians, man. So this is an elite level at times. These are future Olympians that you will oftentimes go up against when you start getting into NCAA regionals and semifinals and finals, all that kind of stuff. And to be able to edge ever closer into doing that, remember, Marshall's not completely withdrawn from having Olympians. We've only had one that I know of, but that was an Olympic silver medalist in the Winter Olympics in the skeleton event which if you don't know what the skeleton is that's like some hardcore think of the luge right you know what the luge is well yeah. skeleton is the same thing except you're going head first not feet first and that is a badass event <laughs> and i like to think that that was an accident that uh they were just trying to do the luge and one guy went head first by accident and they're like well here's a new event yeah well, we'll just call that skeleton because, well. <laughs> well, he died. So. All right. So I do have those five people up, by okay. the way, now. Uh, Micah Lane was in the 400-meter hurdles. Uh, they have her marked as 24th overall in that. Uh, Brad Armbruster, who we've already talked about, uh, was 46th in the 800 meters. Pole vault, Macy Majoy uh, was at 35. Rebecca Merritt in the discus, 48, and Tyra Thomas at 100 meters, in that was 39th. Wait a minute. I don't get this. It says marked at 39th, but it has her as 31st. So let me give these back. Uh, I don't know what marked at means, but uh, Tyra Thomas, 31st, uh, Rebecca Merritt, 38th, Pole Vault, uh, Macy Majoy tied for 23rd, Brett Armbruster, 43rd, and Micah Lane, 24th. I don't know what the marked at means, but we'll go with the higher numbers. because they, they look a lot better. But send, I, th- I, I guess you would say sending five mm-hmm. is great. Now the number, now you just want to send more next sure. year. Yeah. And, and of course, hopefully some of those that competed this year will make a return trip. Right. But it's, it's now becomes about yeah. recruiting hitting the South heavier because our Southern conference mates seem to perform a little bit better. Cause Hey man, you know what? It's like, it's like that with, if you can work out and you know, be, all year, it's just like baseball and these other sports. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's not a, an accident, you know, that the South kind of dominates sports in several capacities. So now it's just about building and reloading that program with more and more, athletes more and more high performers to hopefully capture more and more uh, individual and perhaps sometime soon a team championship for the herd uh still on the track and field uh uh field i guess we'll say uh (laughs) sydney smith uh was named a 2023 
Sunbelt Conference postgraduate scholarship recipient, one of eight across the Sunbelt. And uh, she is starting her uh, or continuing her studies and career um, uh, right over here at Jones C. Edwards School of Medicine and going into OBGYN. So awesome. Congratulations to her for uh, getting that scholarship and uh, staying right here at Marshall. Yeah. And uh, a, a very, very important career path. I love that kind of stuff, man. I love you know, when you see the one of eight scholarship recipients. That means we're doing things that uh, transcend just wins and losses, and that that always is a big deal for me. Always is a big deal. I love seeing that kind of stuff. Uh, another thing uh, over in golf, women's golf, uh, representative from there, Katie Potter, uh, she won the Michigan Women's Mid-Am. Uh, so huge to see our herd athletes doing stuff in uh, amateur contests and was back in her home state and winning the overall mid-am. That's pretty daggone good. Yeah, don't quote me on this, but I want to say that Katie is a sophomore. Uh, she was the one, if you remember, a few <clears throat> months back that was featured in that piece of content to where we you follow her as she played a hole at Guyane country mm -hmm. club. And I thought, man, this is really cool piece of content for folks that aren't golf enthusiasts like me. Like I don't play golf. I mean, I have tried to play golf. I'm terrible at it, but to get a little bit of an insight and to hear her talk through the process, like, well, the, you know, the whole placement is here. So I need to play this iron here to approach the whole, this that's cool to me because yeah. I don't think in those terms. And that seemed like a really simple piece of content that was just so cool. So I think we've got ourselves a, a little bit of a young star here. Katie's winning mm -hmm. some events, and and if she truly is, I don't, I know for sure she's not a senior. I really think she's a sophomore, but still, yet she's got multiple years left with the herd. Congratulations to her for that. This is could could be the starting point for a really great twenty twenty four for her. I'm 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 excited, and uh, congratulations to her for that win. That was cool. Um. Keeping it on golf, but over uh, to the men's team, Ryan Bilby finished third in the West Virginia Amateur that just took place at the Greenbrier. I saw that, man. And, you know, as a guy who's never been to the Greenbrier, uh, talking to a guy that's been many times, uh, I've never seen in person that course. I know it's a historic course. I'm assuming they were playing on – what are they – how many courses the are old, they – They call it the old white is what I imagine they were playing on. I don't know that. I didn't read the article of, of – it's been a few days since I've read it, so I can't remember. I don't have it up, but uh, usually it's played on the old white. Yeah, that's what I thought because that's where they always would played the Green Bar Classic, right? When that yeah. was a, when that is that still an event or no longer? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, so anyway, I thought so that, but that's why I thought there might be multiple courses there, or if there was just one. But anyway, I've never laid eyes on that, uh, but I know that's a challenging course. I mean, hell, if they host PGA events there or have in the past, it's a challenging course. So to have a guy from the herd finish top three, you love to see it, man, especially in, in the most prestigious amateur in the state of West Virginia. Good stuff. Uh, going over to volleyball, we have a schedule that just got released. So we got a uh, really good uh, slate for home games, and let's go over that real quick. Uh, let's see here. First of all, season tickets. Let's talk about that. If yep. you don't have them, if you did not go all in when you got your football tickets, here's what it's going to cost you. 
Otherwise, you just go get all in. Here's what it would be. Uh, new for 2023, courtside seating is $200. That's for uh, every game that that it'll be uh, season long. General admission is $40. And a family pack, $25, must purchase four or more. Okay. So 25 bucks uh, gets one seat for however many games that there will be, which we'll go over here in a minute. And uh, just got to get four or more to qualify for that. That's a really good deal. Uh, let's see here. We are going to host Ohio for an exhibition game on August 18th. And that is going to be the first uh, game that you'll be able to attend and go to. And we have a tournament that we're also going to be hosting. And I really should have had this up. <laughs> well, I, I can probably grab it real quick. Well, I'm, I'm almost there. I just uh, did not have it, but I do now. Uh, the tournament is the Marshall Invite, and that is August 31st through September the 2nd. Uh, keeping in mind that that is the first uh, home game weekend. So if you want to uh, come in early or uh, you're already going to be here early for that uh, weekend, you can go watch volleyball. Uh, we also have Old Dominion on September 21st and 22nd, Troy on October 6th and 7th, App State October 20th and 21st, Coastal Carolina October 27th and 28th. We will be at Bethune Cookman Invite August 25th, 26th, EKU Queens Invite, Southern Utah Tech Invite, uh, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, James Madison, Arkansas State, and then finally the SBC Tournament will be November the 15th and 19th. So there's your home and away slate. Yeah, the I guess the big, big one to pay attention to is the James Madison Series November 3rd and 4th because – I'm not mistaken, they were your SBC champion last year. So that'll be the one that you want to put a circle around to see if you can take down a really tough James Madison program. But look, the Thundercats did go all in, Russ. So that mm -hmm. means that we will have tickets to every single herd home volleyball match all season long, and we'll be giving those away to get butts in the seats at the cam so you can watch the gals kick some ass on that brand-new Paraflex floor, which – we talked to some of them at the uh, Cornhole event way back there in the Green and White game weekend, and mm -hmm. they were enthralled with that floor. And they said it made such a huge difference and uh, changed really the way that playing volleyball in the cam is now. It, it's so much better for them, and I would imagine it is, man. Can you imagine the the amount of stress that gets removed from your knees and ankles and hips from landing on a TerraFlex floor as opposed to a hard basketball floor? It's got to be like – a huge improvement over what they can do now. Yeah. Uh, let's throw a little value on these tickets. Uh, okay. You count them up here, uh, counting the Ohio exhibition, which who doesn't ever, uh, we always want to go watch uh, us beat Ohio and whatever. But uh, counting at the Marshall Invite, there will be additional games that you can watch that won't be just Marshall versus someone. Sure. So there's going to be 12 plus games that you can go to at uh, the Henderson center to watch $25. So 
So $2 per game just to go watch. It's a great time. And, you know, if we're wanting all of our programs to uh, get better, they need revenue. They need people buying tickets. So go all in, get a family pack, get uh, uh, general admission or get courtside, whatever you want to do, support this volleyball team, grab you some tickets. Yeah, you got it. We got to get past. We just got to flat move past. Well, it was free last year. Well, it doesn't matter because uh, two bucks a game is nothing, honestly. Yeah. I mean, two bucks a, a family of four could go watch a volleyball match for less than 10 bucks. Yeah. You can't, you can't, what else can you do as a family of four and have the amount of fun that you have and be in an air conditioned arena with all the energy surrounding that for less than 10 bucks? You can't do that. No. So, and it's a great time, especially I've, Famously, I have uh, two girls. One of them is going to be going to this volleyball camp um, later this summer. And just to see their excitement to go watch female athletes play, uh, it's worth it to me to pay two bucks uh, for them to go. Uh, it's worth it to me to pay more than that to see their enjoyment on there. So yeah, uh, get out, support this team. It's a great time, uh, fun time. And they are one of those that's like softball. When we first started uh, this show and talking about them, they are always having fun on the court. It's a good time. Good, good thing to watch. Great event. And don't forget, Ari was just signed to an extension. She's going to be around for a long time. Yep. And we've been in massive recruiting mode. We've seen several players announce already. I alluded to it earlier in the show that there was another one this week that hasn't fully been announced but it's a fun group there's energy around we're, we're we're trying to turn that corner and adding revenue to this program makes it easier for them to try to do that so get out get a butt in a seat and go root on the herd man it's it's a good time if i were in huntington if i lived in huntington i would do this kind of stuff right i would take my wife and my son and we would go watch these games because it's it's just something fun to do, you know, and it, there's a lot of energy and and there's the, the Kelly green and the white and the, it, just the colors popping all around and everything and the hooting and hollering. You, how can you get tired of that? I, I, I just think it's great. So folks should get out and support it. I think you might find you'd have a good time and you'd want to go back. And like I said, we're going to be giving away free tickets. So there's an opportunity for us to send you to a game, several opportunities for free to see if you like it. Over in baseball, we got a uh, commitment uh, transfer coming out of uh, Mid Plains Community College catcher slash outfielder Ethan Murdoch. Uh, you, I saw that you had interacted there and found uh, found out that the numbers that were posted, he actually mm -hmm. had better numbers. That was from the previous year. Yeah. Uh, so those numbers, have, just as they were posted, I think it was uh, 315, 15 homers, and uh, 44 RBI. That's impressive enough. If they were better than that, yeah. we, we seem to have gotten a good guy here. Yeah, I got a little bit of an inter interaction from, uh, I, I'm assuming it was uh, Ethan's dad, and he was uh, just kind enough to point out that, hey, those were his freshman year numbers. There are newer numbers out there, but I didn't see them. And to find out, like you said, they're more impressive. I mean, who wouldn't take an RBI game? Because that was 44 mm -hmm. RBIs in 44 games, 15 home runs. So you're averaging a homer every basically three games, batting over 300. That's the kind of stuff you like to see. Uh, 
they're coming down from uh, Canada, right? Saskatchewan, Canada, all the way to Huntington, West Virginia. They were excited about that. As dad, we, we conversed for a little bit and uh, he was excited about getting to Huntington. You know, they're obviously they're not familiar. And I was trying to give them a little bit of a synopsis of what Huntington is and how Marshall is so vital to what Huntington just is. You know, they're just, you don't have Huntington without Marshall. You don't have Marshall without Huntington. It just is, you know, it's, that's what they are. And they're really excited about making the trip later this summer and finally getting here and getting to see everything. And, and, you know, apparently they come from a small town in Saskatchewan and uh, this mid plains community college was in a small town. So I'm not sure that they were under the impression that they were coming to a big city, but uh, he was talking about like, it'll be interesting, a little bit of a change to leave a small town. And, so I said, well, Huntington's not huge, right? It's big enough to do all the things you want to do from a collegiate standpoint, but small enough to where, you know, people still care. You know, you just don't get lost in the shuffle in Huntington, especially martial athletes and anybody associated with the herd. You don't get lost in the shuffle. So I think they're really going to enjoy their time here. And I really think that uh, they will be happy that they joined what Greg Beals is building and and the, the, motor, the uh, momentum behind herd baseball because, man, there is a lot of momentum behind herd baseball right now. It's going to be really awesome as we continue to see the developments of this uh, recruiting class. What exactly Greg Beals gets to do with his hands on the program for an entire offseason. It's going to be um, intriguing is not an accurate term, I don't think. Because let's not forget, he didn't get an opportunity to do that last year. He took the job and like a month later or something like that, it was like game time. So six weeks, he didn't really have time to put his finger on the program and make a true impact the way he wanted to. And now we get to see that. Now we get yeah. to see what it's going to be more about. Yeah. And uh, I looked up where uh, he's coming from Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Uh, That's had, it. That's uh, a cool name. 16,000 uh, people, a little bit more than that. And uh, North Platte, Nebraska is where Mid Plains Community College is. Even though they have several different campuses, I think that was where he was at. Uh, that was twenty-two thousand. So, I mean, doubling the size he right. was at, still not a you know huge metropolitan area or whatever, but it, it's a little bit bigger than where they're coming from. And I would imagine that geographically, just the look from going from small town Nebraska to being hugged by mountains is going to be a unique experience. I have no idea what Swift Current Saskatchewan looks like. It could be very mountainous too, but uh, it's not the Great Plains here in Huntington. <laughs> we well, know that. One thing that it was noted online about Swift Current Saskatchewan is it was 110 miles uh, away from Moose Jaw. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. They got some cool names <laughs> of cities up there, man. Yeah. Dang, we need to step our game up. All right, uh, let's uh, talk about softball here. Huge, huge. Ottomoan named third team All-American. Yes, uh, named third team All-American by, I can't I can't remember what the... Uh, NFCA, isn't it? Is that what it was, NFCA? Uh, yes, NFCA, but also named a second team All-American by D1 Softball. So mm -hmm. two honors that week, two All-American honors last week for Autumn. I mean, deserved end of discussion. 
I mean, can, do we do you have to dive into it? You know, and, and she gets to come back and do it again for the herd next year. I think there's a lot of speculation around. Uh, I don't know how there's speculation. We've talked about it a lot. You know, we we've only lost to this point still to this point from this herd softball team, the three seniors that have exhausted eligibility, Sid Nestor and Grace Chelleman. And uh, help me, I always forget her name. Kaylee Joyce. Joyce. I can never remember Joyce. I know it's Kaylee, but Kaylee Joyce. So three members of this team is all we have lost to this point. Nobody's entered the portal. Nobody's moved on to this point. So a huge part of this team is returning. Uh, But a massively big accolade for Otomo, and they just kept rolling in for her. What a great historic season for Autumn. I'm so happy that she's actually getting recognized. And of course we're going to say, well, there's some other girls that could have been recognized as well. And there are, there were, uh, but Autumn actually got the call and I saw that Paul Swan had her on the drive the other day. I haven't been able to listen to that. I'll probably listen to that on my way to work uh, today, but congratulations to her. Just a great person. Awesome human being. Um, I know that for it's forever the hustle for her with you that sticks out, but just 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 a great great kid, and uh, it's it's always great when good things happen to good people, and she's a good person, and I'm really happy for her. We're going to finish up around the herd and uh, talk about football, and uh, got a couple different things here. First, uh, I'm assuming this is Jason Went, but it's J A H S E N Jason mm-hmm. Went. Defensive back out of Ohio State, former four-star, uh, and he is transferring to Marshall. Yep, he's he's transferring to Marshall. Let's put some context to that because he announced that commitment via what I think is going to be a video series because that said part one, and I watched it. And um, all I'm going to say as far as we're concerned about this topic is that he had some legal a legal battle. Uh, which he was absolved of, right? So there's really no need to dig that up. If you're so uh, inclined to look at it, folks that are listening, then go ahead. Uh, But I would just say, hey, watch that first part of that video. It's like eight, nine minutes maybe, and they don't shy away from it. They talk about it. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's never my business to pass judgment or anything, right? All I'm doing is reporting the news. The kids come and play for the herd. That's all I care about. Um, especially since he was absolved of any type yep. of wrongdoing whatsoever. Yep. Um, been away from football for a couple of years, so you got to put a little asterisk beside that. This is not fresh off of the 2023 um, or 2022 Ohio State roster. This is a non-typical type transfer. I think he last played in 2020 maybe for the Buckeyes. So a few years away, still looks like he's in great shape. Uh, I'm intrigued to see the type of role that he comes in and plays for the herd, uh, but uh, still big time pickup, a lot of potential there. We've seen some success from other guys in pseudo similar situations, mm-hmm. but this strikes me as that breath of fresh air, uh, second opportunity, maybe last opportunity type situation to where you have to make the most of it. Uh, a little bit like we saw with Kalen last year. He knew that this was his last opportunity and he made the most of it. But anytime you can add some depth to the secondary, especially a former four-star guy from uh, Ohio state. Yeah. I think you'll take it. Right. Yeah. I think you'll take it. And I think it goes without saying he probably feels he has something to prove. And I feel like sure. that he's going to do that. Yeah. And anybody that was good enough to 
be recruited and signed by those elite blue bloods. Uh, I, I think that they have a lot of promise now, three years away, there's going to be some rust. There's going to be some things, but he may have also been able to take that three years of time to say, Hey, I'm going to get in shape without having that daily grind of taking all the hits or, you know, all that, uh, different injuries that, that can rack up, um, from that. So he might be fresh, fresh, fresh is another perspective you can look at. From well, there, that's from why I was away. saying there's a similarity with Kalen, right? Because yeah. that's what he was able to do. He, right. he didn't take a lot of the beating. His body didn't take the beatings from several seasons of collegiate football. Mm-hmm. So you're able to stay in shape. It wasn't get back in shape. Like this kid is still very much in shape and you're right. There's no substitute for game speed action. So there mm-hmm. will be some, there will be a learning curve there and getting back into the swing of things. But, you got two years of injury free, you know, just reps and working out and like, you're right. You're going to be fresh and and you're two years older, two years more, you know, mature, your body's where it is versus 18 years old or 19 years old to 21 or 22. And it's a big difference a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And to be able to come with, come in with all, without all of that abuse from a heavy workload, you're right, man. This is good. This could be another Kalen Labron type almost season just from a different uh, perspective in the different position, but I like it. I hope I'm, I'm hoping he has the turnaround year. He's, you know, been working towards. Let's finish football up by saying that nine players have been named to the preseason, all Sunbelt conference teams. First team is Owen Porter, Rasheen Ali, Eli Neal, and Micah Abraham. Second team, Logan Osborne and Ethan Driscoll. Third team, Talik Keaton, Charles Montgomery, and Dalton Tucker. Now, is this the Athlon? Athlon. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't think this was the actual preseason Sunbelt team. Like, no, this the is the Ath- Athlon. I should yeah. have said that in there. So this is Athlon Sports, their, their college football preview magazine, but I don't care, man. Athlon's a pretty trusted source. Yeah. Um, nine, that's a lot of respect, man. That's a lot of respect, especially, you know, Owen Porter, Slam dunk. We know that. He should be on everybody's short list for preseason defensive player of the year, honestly. Uh, and Rasheen Ali is the one to me that's getting the respect because of the year he had last year, mm-hmm. all that adversity. There's a lot going into what he did in 2020 that's or 2021 that's flowing over into 2023. That's a huge amount of respect, and it shows that people haven't forgotten how dynamic of a ball player that Rasheen Ali is. Yeah, because there are some good backs in the Sunbelt Conference. Oh, yeah. There yeah. are a lot of good backs, and yeah. I think some of them probably feel slighted because they did perform last year, and Rasheen Ali was on the shelf for a big part of the season. But that just talks about the greatness of Rasheen Ali, and a lot of those teams that haven't faced him yet, they're going to find out, right? We know that. They're going to find out. Uh, and seeing Eli Neal, Micah Abraham, two huge pieces of that uh, Marshall defense along, of course, with Owen Porter. Micah Abraham is going to compete for a first-team all-sun belt conference slot from the Sun Belt Conference itself, without a doubt. I would like to think that Eli Neal is as well. Uh, Logan Osborne, to me, is a happy surprise because that kid is a worker, uh, comes to Marshall and just found a niche, worked, 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 found, got an opportunity and just never relinquished that. I love that he's landed on the second team. That to me is a tremendous amount of respect for him as well. He's It's obviously well-deserved, 
but it seems like he could have easily been one of those guys that just got overlooked, right? Because he didn't come in quote unquote highly touted or whatever. But I love the the approach. The that's that West Virginia approach. You got to work a little harder. You got to outperform a little bit more just to get that due amount of respect. And he's gotten it, and I love that for him, man. Uh, seeing Ethan Driscoll on there, I would I would say that's. Um, a nod as well, you know, that's, that's the show of respect that I'm, I'm not sure that I thought I was going to see, but uh, I tell you what, I, I, I think I'm more surprised that I'm not seeing Trent Holler on there as opposed Same. to, as I am seeing Ethan Driss, nothing against Ethan, right? Nothing right. against him, but I think I'm surprised that I'm not seeing Trent Holler on that yeah. list. Charles Montgomery, we know is if there's one guy you say, Katie, who you picking right now to have the greatest potential at a breakout season, I think I have to go with Charles Montgomery. I think he's the guy for me that is poised to be number one in the breakout, quote-unquote, category. Uh, And to have Talik back on third team, fresh off of that injury. They posted the video the other day from workouts, no knee brace. Looks good. He looks Even though he was just sitting there stretching, he looks good. He looks like he's ready to go. Big smile, as always, from Talik. I mean, I'm ready for this guy to rip and run through the Sun Belt. Uh, seeing Dalton Tucker, I love Dalton as well. Third team, that's three linemen, Russ. That's three linemen on the on the all conference teams, one through three. Wow, man. I mean, wow, man. You know, the only the the lone returner that didn't get uh, honored in some way is is Trent, and that's the one I thought I would see first. Honestly, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, and we know we have a, a fifth slot that we're going to have to fill in with someone new from the departure of Cedrice Palin. So exciting times around herd softball or uh, herd football. Yeah, softball and football, both yeah, both we're, big. We're talking about football right now. <laughs> it's the only mistake we're going to make on this show, <laughs> at least. This uh, week. But anyway, that does it for around the herd for us too. Wow. Okay. Well, that was quick and kind of to the point. Russ, you got any final words this week since you're fresh back in the Mountain State? Yeah, I do. Uh, mainly, we've talked about this uh, several times before, but Thundercast.online, make sure that you bookmark that. Uh, go to it on your uh, mobile uh, or desktop version either way. Um, we are going to start seeing a little bit more of an increase of articles going on. Uh, some more things that we have been trying to slowly roll out. We have had a soft, soft launch but moving into this fall, you are going to see a lot more content coming out of there and more things that you're just going to say, man, this is a good addition, you know? Yeah. So if anyone has uh, the itch to write and you love covering one of these uh, teams, watching one of these teams play, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I do have to say that this is not a beat writer position. I'm not looking for someone to compete with Luke Creasy because he would probably dominate you in that fashion. Luke's a, <laughs> Luke's a great asset and does great at what he does. Uh, this is from the fan perspective of going to these events and things of that nature. Just writing as a fan. You know, we're mm-hmm. not looking for play by play. So if you want to exercise your creative writing and uh, cover one of these teams, especially if you know quite a bit about volleyball or golf or whatever, and you want to write about the performance of these teams, give us a holler. Yeah. There are several teams that are poised to capture 
some momentum this year, right? And when I say that, I think first and foremost, women's basketball, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, there's probably an opportunity there for somebody that follows this program really, really closely, knows the scholarship counts, knows this, knows that kind of like we do with football and and softball. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're that person and you're like, well, I like to write too. I mean, I could, I could intelligently convey some points about women's basketball, then get in touch with us because we'd yep. love to, we'd love to have you be a far, a part of the Thundercast uh, online community and document the season per se. But Russ is right. There's, there's going to be more and more coming and it's not just um, athletics, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be things that we're also working on for the fans that are coming in from out of town. Where are the great places to stay, the cool restaurants to eat at, all that good stuff that we want uh, people to be aware of. So you can make your trip to Huntington the best it can possibly be so that you want to come back again, right, and check another game out or maybe go watch another sport compete against your team, all that good stuff. But um, we'll have more and more exciting news around Thundercast Online as the weeks come. And Russ is right. It's it's. It's very much a work in progress, but man, it's it's going to be something when it's done. So go to thundercast.online on your phone, open a tab, leave it open, refresh it from time to time and check and see what's new cuz um I read the articles. I mean, I don't write them. I'm not good at writing, but I read them and I I got to be honest. This is not just me talking about it because I'm associated with it. Some of the things that you guys are writing about are just cool topics that you just don't mm-hmm. see anywhere else. Yeah. So I think folks will enjoy them if they'll just go check them out. I really yeah. do. And, and it doesn't have to be about covering a specific team. Uh, you've seen a couple of the things that Trace uh, Trace has that uh, quote-unquote Marshall Man Cave mm-hmm. uh, series that's going on, and that's cool. And he did the top 10 football plays from his perspective, his yeah. list of top 10 with some honorable mentions. Uh, that's cool. I have uh, some pieces that will be coming out, and that we're going to be talking about tailgating. So if you're somebody that loves to tailgate and you want to talk about your tailgates, uh, just, you know, the prep that goes into it, all that stuff, I find that very, very, very intriguing. I love to hear how people have gone out and said, hey, I got this gear because I decided, you know, what would be good at my tailgate. I want to hear, do you have five spots? Do you have one spot? Where do you tailgate? You know, what's your process like to get it up and going? Who do you invite? You know, do you have fans come by from opposing teams? I want to hear all of it. So let's hear from you. If you want to write or if you want to be featured on there, we want to hear from you. Thundercast.online. Yep. Open a tab on your phone. I have it open on my phone along with probably half a dozen dozen others that I just refresh and check out from time to time. There's no reason not to do it. It's it's good mobile. It's good desktop. You know, we've got you covered. But if you got anything else for us, let's start to take it out of here because this is a fairly concise episode at a, at an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So whether you see us at the Joan, whether you see us tailgating over at the Joan, or whether you see us unfortunately having to come back to the real world after you've been on Topsail Island for a week, no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>